Bobby Bones post show pre show. Uh, the American Idol 2021 premiere date has been set uh, February 14th next year. Yes. So pretty excited about that. I haven't started on that show yet. They've started a bit, but I haven't been able to go over it yet. I go next month and start. So I start about Hollywood Week. Fun. And I'm just grateful that they let me do my other show and then jump in a third of the way through. So, but yeah, I just want to say that. February 14th, and it will be in person. We're doing the show in person. Just everybody's going to be tested and oh. you know some strict guidelines. It's not going to be the at-home version, unless for some reason things get extra nutty again. But I, I think even if they do get bad, we're a little more prepared on what to do if they do get bad to create a couple more uh, steps before you can get into the show. That kind of thing. Yeah. Because we're getting everybody tested that comes in here now. Yeah. You can't come in the, the studio unless you're tested You know, within the last couple of days. As soon as COVID's over, what do you want to do? Meaning first thing, yeah. I mean, some people aren't oh. aren't as serious about it, and some people are. Depending on where you live, listen. If you're in a very rural part of a state and there's not COVID, really, mm-hmm. I get it. If you're in a place where there are a lot of people on top of each other, or like we're in in a city where there's folks a lot of places, there's more cause for concern because a lot of the hospitals are filling up. Yeah. But I say once it's over, like once you're able to do things, what's the first place you want to go to or visit or what is it? You're gonna laugh at me, but I want to say the beach. I want to go back okay. to the beach. But you went during COVID. <laughs> yeah, you already went. I know. Like, I know. But you, you, you got COVID. You from guys there. say that. I don't know that for sure. But that would be the first thing I'd like to do once you say everyone says it's safe. I want to go and be able to go to theaters and tour and meet our listeners again. You know, you talk about keeping my feet grounded because most people that do a radio show, you sit in a studio, you go home, you may run to a couple people, but that's it. But me, I was lucky enough to go and play these humongous theaters. Thousands of people would come up to watch me tell stories and tell jokes and music. And but the greatest part was before the shows, I, I and then Eddie and I, we would get to go out and meet and hang out. And after the shows, we would get to meet and hang out. And when you get to see people's faces, it a bit inspires you to do a better job. For sure. And know who you're talking to. Yeah. So for me, that's exciting. And also, Caitlin and I haven't really been on any trips ever. We go, we travel for work. But now she's part of the crew. <laughs> she's working. <laughs> she's working two jobs. She's putting makeup on your face. Listen, I used to think that I worked a lot. She she works from the minute I leave. She was working at ten o'clock last night. Uh-huh. We only take a couple. We took a couple breaks. Like we got to go get some food, but because her job is still so in demand, it's she does software for commodities and oil and gas. And she has she- to teach people in different countries how to use this oh, software. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, is she still in a different time zone? She's in all time zones. Yeah. So she's always on doing something. And so, again, I'm leaving doing podcasts or going to the Opry. But I kind of feel bad for her, too, because she works only from home. And so she's at home all day working on a computer. And then she's at home as soon as it's over. So I'm like, hey, let's get out of here. Let's go. So last night, we I did I worked at the Opry a little bit. And then we went and got sushi at Peter's Sushi. Yes. One of my favorites. And then she was like, I really want a crow nut from Five Daughters Bakery. <laughs> what is that, a croissant donut? Yeah. She was like, you'll love it. We had, So we. she called. It was like <laughs> 8.15. She calls him and goes, you guys still open? I like, yeah. She goes, do you have any? I forget what the name of it was. She was like, but do you have any dynamite cronuts? And they were like, we have one left. She goes, hold that for us. <laughs> I'm on my way. So we drove 15 minutes across town and went to the and got a cronut. What do you get at Peter's? Do you get sushi or do you get Thai food? I switch it up a little bit. I don't get sushi. Okay. No, I get the... The soup with the noodles in it. Mm. I mean, that sounds like a lot it's of things. It's not miso soup. What's the soup vermicelli. with the yellow? What? Vermicelli. 
What the? Vermicelli? <laughs> that's fideo, right? No. <laughs> vermicelli is, is, is just like pho, but has the noodles in it and has the meat. No. Dude, scuba, I know these things. Scuba's so cool. It's, My wife's Asian. It's yellow. What? Oh, egg drop soup. No. <laughs> Anyway, huh. I get this soup. Kai soup. No. <laughs> See, here's this no. guy. This is this guy. So, somebody look up to Peter's menu and let them read, read their appetizers to me. Um, I, was, I was just looking for just a regular chicken pad thai, dude. Well, I got that, and then I ended up getting the cashew chicken, no onions. Oh, that's good. I've had that. Because I hate onions. But, yo, mm. <laughs> I really need you to have know this no idea. Soup. Really need okay, here we go. It is, mm, hold on. Is it the coconut Soups. milk one? It is wonton soup. Oh, oh, okay, Bones. That's oh like the God. easiest thing. Yeah. Then why didn't you tell me, it is? I didn't eat it. Because I didn't understand. Wonton soup! <laughs> wow. Yeah, and what did Scuba say? Oh, Tom, Tom no. Kai soup. What? Tom Kai soup. Or vermicelli. That vermicelli, no. That wasn't yeah. it. As wonton. And wonton is like, it's, it's like a soup with like white little things in it. Little balls. Right? What's <laughs> <laughs> happening right now? I don't okay. know. Anyways, I'm going to go now. Bye. Thank you, Scuba Steve. <laughs> So anyway, we did that last night. Uh, cool, cool. Yeah. She got she got her cronut. She she got her cronut. And you got your wonton soup. And I got my little white balls. In my <laughs> yes, yes, perfect. Great night. Um, speaking of which, Caitlin did put up a new cooking video yesterday. And what did she cook? So they're actually, and, and she's so good at just being like, oh, I know how to make this. And I'm making it, and I'm like, dude, you really? And then she makes them, and they're fantastic. But she did, she said, you know when you go to the mall and it smells like the candy pecans during Christmas time? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah, so that's what she made. The candied pecans? Yeah, and she makes them at the house all the time now. They're fantastic. So she did, She it was like holiday candy pecans. Nice. But at the beginning of the video, because the last time she had made engagement chicken before she was engaged, mm-hmm. she did this. If you guys happen to watch my first episode, I made my own variation on engagement chicken, and I need to give you an update. It worked. I'm engaged. First time I ever fed it to him, a ring within an hour. It was crazy. So make it for your boyfriends, unless you don't want to marry them. Then just break up with them because you're wasting your time. There you go. (laughs) And so here you go. This is her talking about the pecans. We're making candied pecans. They taste like the holidays and smell like your local mall. Walking, getting your parents their Christmas gift, probably with their own money. So it doesn't really make much sense anyway. But you're going to love it. And the whole thing is, it's called unfancy cooking because it's all ingredients you probably have at the house anyway. Cool. But they are A+. Plus. You can check that out. It's um, You can search unfancy cooking with Caitlin. You can go to bobbybones.com and put that up there. It's also on her Instagram. So, yeah, that's that. I have to go to this rehearsal. rehearsal. And here's what happened. Because I have to go walk through my CMA thing that I'm doing tonight. And they're like, we're having a dress rehearsal. And I'm like, a dress rehearsal at 11 o'clock? So you have to go dress like you're going to be. I'm like, that can't be it. And they're like, no, it says dress rehearsal on the schedule. There are two controversies happening right now. First of all, I'm not going dressed. If it's dress rehearsal, it ain't going to be me dressed because I don't put on a suit to go up there at 11 o'clock because I have to suck in to put that thing on. <laughs> it's so tight. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go up in shorts and a sweater and no shave and yeah. just do my – I'm sure that's what it is. I'm sure. But you're not 100%. I'm not 100%, sure. yeah, but I'm sure it is. And then two, I didn't want to buy a new suit. People think that you go on TV, you have to have new clothes every time. Nope. I ain't doing that. But that's what the movie stars do. First of all, on American Idol, I do because they buy my clothes. Okay, cool. That makes Love sense. Love it. I'm happy to wear new clothes every time. But for an award show, nobody gets their clothes paid for. You have yeah. to buy your own clothes. But don't oh. they get gifted suits? And, and like, like you know, when they walk the red carpet, they're always like, who are you wearing? And it's like, oh, I'm wearing uh, Oscar de la Renta. Maybe the L.A. folks do for the Oscars. Not here. But not really here, no. Oh. 
You so, may have a, like a partner that may, but no, generally no. Okay. And so they brought suits over to my house, and they were, I, first of all, I didn't want to wear a suit. I was like, let me wear some shorts and a tank top. It's Corona, everything's on. Shorts. And so I had some suits brought over to my house, and they were like, okay, this, this, this. And I was like, I'm not paying this money. I already have, have suits. Yeah. And so I went and grabbed one. I was like, I'm wearing this one. They were like, but you wore this in 2019. I was like, great, oh. let me wear it again. And I was like, what about this one? They're like, well, this is from the CMT 2018. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even remember me wearing this. Do you mean somebody else will too? So tonight I have two suits that I've picked. Both I've worn before. Okay, good. And I'm, I'm not apologizing for wearing something twice. You know who's really good at knowing when you wore the suit last time? Mike D. Yeah, because sometimes he'll get the clothes. I give them to him next. And he wears it and then goes, also worn 2017 <laughs> at the Kids' Choice Awards. So tonight I will be wearing a suit that I've worn before, but okay. it is just ridic to keep on with that. Gillis. Um, No, just ridic. Okay. <laughs> and I tell you what, whatever suit I wear tonight, I'll donate it on my Instagram to somebody who can wear it. Okay. Because that means I've got two wears on TV out of it. God forbid I do it a third. Guys, and these are some nice They're suits. Not, it's a nice suit. Fitted, real How nice. How do they get it on your Instagram? What's the qualifications? I'll just post it and say who wants this. Give me 20 words or less. Should they give you a reason why they want it? Like, I have a job interview sure. coming up. I or- gave it to a mom whose kid, Last the last suit I gave away, and it was a really nice suit that I was bought by maybe Idol. Okay. It was, it was a suit that was hundreds of dollars. And I, I'm not going to, I was like, I'm happy to help you wear it. So she was like, my son's got his first job interview. Uh, I think he just got out of the military. And you have to be somewhat near my size is the thing. Not exact, because you can take it in or out. But I'm a 32 in the waist. I think I wear a 32. 234 regular coat, but you can that can be manipulated, yeah, tailored. But I'm gonna give it away. I gave Eddie clothes. In. Uh, you know, it's funny about that. Like I wear your jackets a lot, and and for a while people would always compliment me on those jackets, and they'd be like, "Cool jacket, jacket, where'd you get it?" And I'd have to say like, oh, "I'm Bobby." You know, he like just gifted it to me, pretty cool, whatever. But now I'm kind of tired of saying that, so now I just say thanks. That's all you need. To That's say. cool with you, right? Absolutely. Thanks, man. And they're like, "Where'd you get it?" <laughs> Who knows? I, I, I shop say, everywhere. Instead of saying thanks, say idle. <laughs> Oh, Idol gave it to me. American American Idol. Idol. Uh, Okay, that's it. We're going to go because i got to go to this rehearsal. Thank you, guys. Um, Here's today's podcast. Hope you enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Speaking of Caitlin, she comes in to watch Craig Morgan, which was fantastic. People were like, we're... I'm all here for Caitlin not letting Lunchbox and Eddie interrupt her. I don't know. Something happened this morning. I don't think we interrupted her at all. I think we just were making points. Like, we were having a conversation. Yeah. I don't think there was interruption. Uh, I I, if that, I know me, I didn't interrupt. I think they like that she stands her ground. Oh, she definitely does. I that. know. <laughs> All right, that's it. Thank you, guys. Here's today's show. Well, here we are. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Got a big show today. Craig Morgan will be in to perform. It's Veterans Day, so he's going to come in. He's a veteran. He's got a ton of songs. And Caitlin, my fiance, is going to come in because she's a massive Craig Morgan fan, just to watch. So that'll be fine in a little bit. Let's put on Jennifer in Little Rock, Arkansas. Hey, Jennifer, thank you for calling the show. What's going on? Good morning, studios. Morning. Morning. I was wondering if you could give me some advice, Bobby. Okay. Um, I just started dating a man who ha- um, who is colorblind. And I was just wondering if there's anything you can tell me that would help me understand it a little bit better or to, oh, maybe not annoy him too much with talking about color because it's such a common thing. It's Bobby Bones, world-class advice giver! 
Now I'm really colorblind to dark colors. They all look the same to me. And once it hits a certain shade, it all looks black. And growing up as a kid, I struggled with it because I couldn't match clothes and I couldn't understand why. Uh, what I would do, first of all, is not shame him. People still laugh at me sometimes. You get to what color it is. <laughs> what color is this? You know what color it is? I'm not laughing. And I'm just like, no, I don't. Why is it funny that I have a deficiency in my eyeballs or my brain? Um, there's not a lot you can do as far as how you can help him because if you're a little too over-descriptive, because sometimes people do that to me, look, this is green. I'm going to slap <laughs> you in the head. I know I can tell that's light green. I would just figure out what his color deficiencies are, you know, because some people struggle red-green. Some people struggle in different ways. Be aware of it and don't shame him. Just be like, hey, if you ever need any help, like, I'll help you. Because what happens is you start to get made fun of. You don't want to deal with it, so you just free ball it and run mm. and then it doesn't turn out so well that still happens to me so not not a lot you can do being proactive about it but you can tell them what's happening and you, you're be, you're happy to help them okay okay great thank you so much do you know what colors he can't see um i think it's uh like the dark colors like you were saying browns and blue dark blues I mean, Grave. just be aware that if it's a dark color, he may not know what it is. And don't correct him in a, in a manner of, no, dummy. <laughs> so there's a chance he could come out like of the room looking silly because he's not oh. wearing, not matching colors. I or... used to. Yeah. Okay. So, and you can, listen, you can help organize his clothes for him, something like that. Oh, that's cool. Be like, because I've had people do that in my life. Yeah. Say, hey, I know you struggle with color, so I'm going to put the blacks here, put the browns here, especially if he has like different jackets or mm. jeans. So stuff like that, Jennifer. It, all, you're fine. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank I you, for, thank you for the call. Thank you. All right. See you later. Uh, there's a guy who sold his car for around 3500 bucks. Okay. The next day, he stole it back using his spare set of keys. You know what? <laughs> Pretty smart guy. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Here's the thing. He had pulled this off at least seven other times in the okay. past wow. two years. <laughs> and they never caught him. But if he just stopped at like five, yeah. he'd have been able to pull this off. Like he's... We're in 2020. He's in like 2060. I wonder how many people do that with houses. You know, like you, you sell a house. Sell a house. Well, yeah. baby, you can always have the key to the house. But you change locks. Yeah. You would think most people change locks. Are you saying you didn't? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. But they busted him. He's arrested on several <laughs> charges. All right, here we go. We're, we're pumped you're here. It's Wednesday tonight. The CMA Awards are happening, so shout out there. I'll be on that show if you want to watch it. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Robert Deaton. Robert is the executive producer of the CMAs, which are tonight, and I hope you guys watch it, 8, 7 Central, live on ABC. Robert, how are you? I'm good. How's it going? I miss you guys. Yeah, I miss you too. Well, tonight, when we turn the show, what's the first thing we're going to see when the show starts? Uh, I'm proud and excited to say the very first thing you're going to see is a tribute to the great Charlie Daniels, and which, as you know, uh, whenever I'm able to do things like this for a show and honor someone, it's my favorite thing to be able to, to do. And so you're going to see a rocking nine minutes of the best Charlie Daniels songs from some of our greatest artists. I would assume Devil Went Down to Georgia. How about Long Hair Country Boy? Is that going to be on there? Long Hair, yeah, Long Hair Country Boy, Trudy, Texas. Uh, we got Dirks, uh, Ashley McBride, Janae Fleener, uh, Brothers Osborne, and we're going to, uh, and then we're going to just end it with uh, Jason Aldean. So it's it, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be rocking. You know, you're known for matching up artists, country artists, with artists from different genres coming in doing really cool performances. Any of those tonight? 
There are, although I can't take credit for that because they were already, uh, they'd already been, uh, reco- you know, they'd already worked together. So this year, I, I, although I can't take credit for it, I feel like that it's going to be just awesome to see. Uh, first, we're going to have Gabby Barrett with Charlie Puth. Um, and, you know, it's funny. This is will be the second time that I worked for Charlie because I actually gave Charlie Puth his first network television appearance like, I don't know, seven, six, seven years ago. Uh, so it's great to be re- reunited with him. So that's Gabby and Charlie. And then um, we are also um, uh, Dan and Shay with Justin Bieber, and uh, which we're for, with 10,000 Hours, which is going to be super cool and a, an incredible, iconic location. And uh, it's funny because the last time that Justin did any type of network television it was with me as well so um so i think the the you don't want to miss that it's going to be incredibly cool i am a believer now <laughs> you are i am only in the last year or so caitlin went to church with justin bieber before she moved out here loves him says he's a great guy and then i watch his youtube both seasons like his whole docuseries and the new episode that came out too so i'm a i'm a believer i'm gonna admit it right here yeah, me too. You know what? He's a he's awesome. And the the first time that I worked with Justin, oh my gosh, I, I would say he's probably sixteen, maybe fifteen or sixteen. Um, I did a music, I directed a music video for him and Rascal Flatts. Do you remember when they did that uh, that duet together? Uh, gosh, it's been a long time now. But that that was the first time I'd worked with him, and I've worked with him many times since then. And he, you know what? He's just a, he. I, I can't call him a kid anymore because he's all grown up and married. But he, he's just a great person, and and I love him a lot. So tonight in the audience, there will be people sitting. But is it just nominated artists and part of the sh- people part of the show? Yeah, you know we exactly we uh, we had to prepare. We knew. You know, I knew back in March we were not going to be able to do our normal, you know, our normal CMA award. So I started working on uh, an idea, a design, and you know, the design. Uh, I knew how to do it. How are we going to do this? And the design was, uh, in the set design was we. I put together whether we had an audience or not. But the whole idea from day one was try to have an audience. So we decided, you know what, let's, why don't we, why don't we do something that's more intimate where we, where it's, the audience is the artist, it, you know, just, just the artist, the artist plus one. Um, and so uh, the, the nominated artist, that that's who is going to be our audience tonight. And so far, uh, that's still happening. <laughs> so, cause you never know in this day and age. I mean, it, it changes by hour, right? I mean, just, you know, from, from one day to the next, you don't know what to expect. And, but, but yeah, we, we felt like that that would be unique, you know, and, and, and the artists would really like that opportunity to be able to be together. So that's what we're doing. Robert Deaton, the executive producer of the CMAs on with us right now tonight, eight, seven central, see the winners live on ABC and I'm going to ask you this like I do every single time. You don't know who the winners are, right? I do not. I still do not know who the winners are. So, you know what, Bobby, you know me. I don't want to know for one thing because it's like I would mess up and slip. I would probably slip on this show and tell, you know, I don't trust myself enough to to be able to know who they are. I, I just 
So, you know, for me, when I hear it, it, and it's kind of exciting for all of us that are working on the television show because we got to be ready. You know, we don't know who is winning. And so, and, and I, you know what? I kind of like it that way because I get to, to view it as a, as, as a fan and as a viewer. And, I, and I'm still a fan of all of these people. So I do not know. There he is, Robert Deaton. Follow him at Robert L. Deaton. Tonight, he's pushing all the buttons, making all the calls at the CMA Awards. And if you don't agree with who wins Entertainer of the Year, it's Robert's fault. <laughs> so hit him up. Ye- yell at him. <laughs> Some people do. Some, I get that every year a little bit. So, But, uh, no, I have not. Trust me, I have, no, I have no say in who wins. So, All right, Robert, good to talk to you. See you tonight. All right, buddy. Thank right, you. See you, see you later. Tonight. There okay. he is. Robert Bye-bye. Deaton. By the way, Reba and Darius are, are hosting it tonight, so it should be pretty cool. And I'll be presenting an award tonight, so you can – no one's going to tune in just to see that. <laughs> but keep an eye open. You may see me come out there. All right, there you go. About once a week, I put in a contact, a single contact. For what? Just so if I'm doing anything athletic, my glasses don't get knocked off. Yeah. Um, I only have one eye that works, so I only have one eye that I put the lens in, and it's hard. Yeah. And I don't do it every day, so I haven't really developed you know, that clean finger eyeball done. Uh, it's probably a three or four-minute process for me every <laughs> single time. Anyone here wear contacts at all? Used to. No. Nope. Okay, but you guys dealt with them. Oh, for years. Were you good with them after a while? Were you like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get used to it after probably about a few months. You just are like, oh, no big deal. I could put them in without looking at a mirror, without mm-hmm. having water, like... It could fall out of my eye, and I could put it right back in. Okay, Bragger. Here's the thing. <laughs> I can't even see the contact because I don't have glasses on. So I have to put my glasses on to even see if the contact's on my finger. Oh, boy. This is the whole process that I'm dealing with. So I'm trying to get better at it. I read a story this morning that a man has invented a robot that puts in and takes out your contact lenses. Oh. A robot. <laughs> Anyone who's ever had to deal with contact lenses knows what a pain it can be. A Florida man named Craig Hershoff certainly understood that dilemma, which is why he invented a robot that will now insert your lens and remove it for you from your eyeball. Mm, I don't know about all that. He was diagnosed with some disease in 2000, almost lost his sight. He received three corneal transplants. Once he discovered a contact lens that worked, he went through a period where his hands were shaking because he could. Listen, I get it, buddy. I feel the same way. Yeah, I get that. So there's a robot that uses suction cups to measure the precise amount of... If this suction cup was put on there wrong, eyeball gets sucked out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be one of the test subjects for this or thing. Or what if you get distracted and move real quick? Like, huh? Somebody calls you. <laughs> Your phone rings. <laughs> yeah. It's currently in clinical trials. He hopes to have the device ready for commercial use as soon as next year. Uh, he is an eye doctor, it looks like. Okay. At least I'm watching his news story, and he's by the, a lot of those eye equipment things. But the contact lens, that is no, that's no joke. If you've never had I never had it until now. And I put one in one eyeball. But you guys love LASIK, huh? Yes. Amazing. I can't get it because I have one eye that doesn't work. And if something happens to my other eye, I'm just done. So I just live with what it is. But you guys are both big advocates, huh? Yeah, LASIK was a game changer. Because, because like, really, the, like you say, the pain in the butt of putting contacts on, taking them off, sometimes falling asleep with them on, it's, it's not fun. So the LASIK is like... You see better than you do with contacts, and you don't have to mess with your eyes ever. And you guys went, where'd you go? Vold Vision in Arkansas. Vold Vision? Vold Vision. What town? Um, it was in Fayetteville. Okay. Morgan, where'd you go? I went to Wang Vision here in Nashville. And he also did, like, Dolly Parton's and all okay. those. Okay. Morgan's okay. missed flex. Hey, no. She's like, I like, can put a contact in in three seconds. I like, hit Loden Vision here in Nashville. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying if you you know if you trust Dolly Parton instead of me, go to them. I'm not even sure Dolly went there. Prove it. Hey, they have pictures. Okay. Oh, well, then you got to believe her. Yeah. I have a picture of Dolly in my bedroom. She didn't hang out in my bedroom. <laughs> she probably did. I'm just kidding. Right, here's a voicemail. We got this last night from Brittany in North Carolina. I need some advice. Um, my daughter, Lila, she's eight years old, and she has saved up to buy a Nintendo Switch video game. And she's all excited because she's worked really hard. But dad steps in and says he really doesn't want her to have a video game. And I kind of agree, but at the same time, she has worked really hard. We are pretty much anti-video game. We've pretty much told her no, but should Santa bring her the Nintendo Switch? That is the question. The answer is no, right? That, that Santa can't show up and supersede any parent decision that's been made. <laughs> no, he cannot. You let Santa know that can't happen. Yes. Sometimes adults have to write Santa to tell him that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm telling you, Brittany, if you guys have talked about it, you got to let Santa know not to bring that. Because if he brings it, that's no good for the battery at home. Mm-hmm. So no. A world-class advice guy says no on that one. Good. Right, here's another one. This is uh, an advice question we got last night. Good morning, studio. I was calling to get some advice from Bobby. My husband and I disagree a lot on parenting. Um, he says I'm too soft, and I think he's too strict, and we cannot seem to find a happy medium. So if you have any advice on that, I would greatly appreciate it. Love the show. Love you all. Thank you. Checks and balances works wonderfully. I think it's great that you guys don't agree. Because you're always going to be checking each other. I don't think anyone needs to give in, but I think you'll find a happy medium as long as you both work together and compromise. But that's why our government's built on checks and balances. Yeah, people disagree completely. So if something completely right, they're like, hey, let me let me step in here. Yeah. What do you think, Eddie? Well, I think that there are definitely two different roles for two different parents. You know, if one of them wants to be the stricter parent and one of them's not as strict or whatever, that's okay. I think it's all right to be different. I think the kids will learn what each parent has and what they're supposed to be doing with the kids as they're raising them, it's fine. One more voicemail. I would like to get your address, and I would send everybody a box of tissues for all that crime that's going on over a pair of shoes. <laughs> Have a good day. Amen. Yeah, amen. I already got the shoes. Don't need tissue. No, you need tissues, baby. Yeah, baby bug. Baby bug, <laughs> baby, you getting your crocs? All right. Thank you, guys. You can always leave us a voicemail, 877 877- 77 Bobby coming up Craig Morgan he's not quite in the marathon green room yet but Craig Morgan to perform here on the Bobby Bone Show coming up in just a little bit Bobby Bone Show the latest from Nashville and Hollywood Morgan number two 30 second skinny the CMA Awards are tonight on ABC at 8, 7 central. I talked with Maren Morris ahead of the show, and she shared why she and her husband, Ryan Hurd, are keeping their son's face off social media. I think I should afford him his own privacy until he's old enough to tell me, hey, mom, I'm cool being on the internet. But right now it's like he he hasn't consented. He's a baby. So I think it's best for, for everyone, for our family at least, to kind of keep him anonymous and uh, but still, you know, show people that we have a family. Thomas Rhett released a new song. It's called What's Your Country Song? In honor of Veterans Day, Luke Combs talks about why it's important to honor people who have served. That can be 
a job that is sometimes over, overlooked by a lot of folks. And uh, I'm grateful that there is is a whole lot of people out there that are willing to sacrifice, you know, their life for all of our ability to do what we love and not be put in harm's way on a daily basis. So um, I'm, I'm thinking about you and, and as are uh, the rest of my fellow country artists for sure. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. Connor O'Reilly has bike for fun, for exercise, and as a means of transportation. But now he's cycling for a cause he believes in. He's riding his bike across the country from Massachusetts to Santa Monica, California, to prove that by not putting limits on himself and stepping outside his comfort zone, he can pretty much achieve anything. The trip is 4,500 miles, and he's doing it all by himself without a support van. Whoa. He's carrying everything he needs for the journey on his bike. He's setting off September 1st. And he is celebrating a proud milestone along the way, which is a big part of this. Five years of recovery and sobriety. And with this, he's raising money for Wellstrong Fitness and Wellness Singer, which has a mission to create sober, active communities for people recovering from addiction. That's great. That was a real special thing. Mm -hmm. First of all, aside from the sobriety part of it, that's just a crazy trip to take. Yeah. And all by yourself. Remember when... What was the guy's name? The, the, the Posner? Mike, Mike Posner. Posner. Did he walk? He walked it, but then he got bit by a snake and almost died in the middle of it. <laughs> they had to call a helicopter. <laughs> Sounded like a cool idea. Yeah, he was walking across the country, and I liked the guy. I met him a couple times. He got bit by like a rattlesnake or something oh. walking in the woods at night. Crazy. They had to have a, a helicopter come get him, take him to the hospital. He, had, he was in the hospital for a couple days, went home, had to come back to that spot, and then go again. Finish the walk, yeah. He did finish the walk. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> but let me shout out to Connor O'Reilly. That's a fantastic story. Good luck, man. From us to you, good luck. All right, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Dallas, Georgia. A woman walked into Chick-fil-A and said, oh, I'll take a number one and a number two, but I need it for free because I'm part of the FBI. And the employee was like, no, ma'am, that's not how it works. And she's like... Listen, I'm part of the FBI. If you don't give me that, I'm going to arrest you. Wow. They would say that. Of course, yeah. (laughs) So the manager called police. Police showed up. She still said she was part of the FBI. She committed to it. I like it. And she wasn't part of the FBI. She was arrested for impersonating an officer. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Boy, she held strong, though, huh? When when you do that and they say no, then they call the police. That's when you run out of there. Yeah. Before the police get there. Yeah, you're like, okay. Like, you've tried it and... Go over to Hardee's, you know? <laughs> Try it somewhere They'll else. They'll probably fall for it. Right, there you go. <laughs> I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. Today's Veterans Day. Just want to shout out to everybody who is serving, has served. You know, this day is all about honoring military veterans who served in the United States Armed Forces, so we just appreciate you so much. What I wanted to do is talk about a few country artists who have served. And later on in the morning, Craig Morgan will be in. He is a 17-year veteran of the Army and Army Reserves. There you go. Give me a little Craig Morgan here. I'm the son of a third-generation farmer. He worked his way up through the ranks, eventually became staff sergeant in the Army. Although he could have possibly retired with the Army, he thought, let me go and chase this country music career. And heck, he nailed it. But he served. He's got a, such an interesting story. He was a cop. He was in the military. He was... Firefighter? A, yeah. A fight. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, also, Willie Nelson served. On the road again. Didn't know that. 
Willie Nelson's journey to country music stardom may have taken a while, but his time spent in the military was cut a little short due to back problems. He trained at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. He enrolled in the U.S. Air Force after he left high school in 1950. About a year later, he was medically discharged due to back problems. Wow. But he almost got a year in, serving in the military. <laughs> Willie job, did. Willie. Johnny Cash. Yes. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Johnny Cash spent four years in the U.S. Air Force in the 1950s. He was stationed in West Germany for most of that time and notably eavesdropped on Soviet communication as a radio intercept officer. Wow. That's real deal stuff. Yeah, it is. Over the course of his employment with the Air Force, he learned to translate Russian Morse code. Which is the inspiration behind his song, Russian Morse Code. <laughs> a great song. I love it. Yeah, My so favorite. Good. Yeah. Do you know George Strait was in the military? I did. George Strait served in the U.S. Army from 1971 to 1975 and had reached the rank of corporal by the end of his service. During his time in the 25th Infantry Division at Hawaii's Schofield Barracks, Strait began performing under the name Santi. Wow. Or Santi. Santi, huh. And Schofield Barracks. Is that what it is? Driven by those, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture of him. His his picture when he was serving. He looks serious, yeah. real deal. Yeah. Uh, Elvis Presley. Of course. He was drafted December 1957. Entered into the United States Army March 1958, two years after Hound Dog and this song, Heartbreak Hotel, hit the airwaves. He was already a star. He was a superstar. He was stationed in Fort Hood, Texas. He was then sent to Germany, and he met his future wife, Priscilla. He was out in 1960, so from 58 to 60, he was serving, drafted in 57. And then George Jones was a veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps. Though he served in the 1950s during the Korean War, he was stationed in California, never saw combat. The singer cut his first song, No Money in This Deal, following his military role. You can walk around the block and I will walk around it too. We can sit down in the park, do some loving in the dark. But to me, you don't appeal because there ain't no money in this deal. Yes, so good. So happy Veterans Day. We just appreciate you so much. We know we wouldn't be able to do what we do without you doing what you do or have done. And thank you so much for that. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Thomas Rhett. Hey, man, what's happening? I'm just watching you work. Oh, you can see me? Oh, yeah, I saw every bit of that. <laughs> well, here's what it happened. You're me doing liners. Yeah, here's what well, I was doing liners for my TV show. Get off me, Thomas Rhett. Okay, here, listen. <laughs> I just want to talk to you for a second. Uh, tonight, you'll actually be performing Be A Light at the CMA Awards, which is super cool because when you put this song out and you talked about it here, like all of the song's money that it made actually went to help out folks during the pandemic, right? Yeah, it did. Um, it helped to help, help all of our, you know, touring and, and uh, bands and crews and, and uh, you know, hopefully helping them through kind of a rough time. And, and uh, really excited to play that song for the first time on national television tonight because me and Reba and, and, all, the, and all the crew have never actually sang this song together, so it's going to be really fun. Thomas Rhett nominated for Male Vocalist of the Year and Musical Event of the Year for Be A Light. I don't see how you lose Be A Light. Male Vocalist is up for grabs. <laughs> There's like three of you guys sure. that could easily win, but I don't see how you, Reba, 
Hillary, I just, I just don't see how that loses. So I'm going to put that in the universe now. How do you feel about that? Thank you, man. I feel, I feel really good about it. I, you know, I think this song was just a song that, that needed to be heard by a lot of people this year, uh, especially just going through weird times. And, um, you know, it, music, music can heal people. You know, I believe that. Um, and, and I've definitely watched it firsthand with the song just from, you know, comments on social media or, you know, people sending in messages to me saying thank you for the song. It really helped me through a weird time. And, and uh, you know, that's why we make music in the first place, man. It's just, it's just to heal and, and to make people laugh and dance and, and uh, help them through a, a pretty strange time. You have 16 number ones. How many more until you can do a whole concert with all number ones? <laughs> um, dude, I feel like we've been saying this for the last five years to me and my band. It's been, man, if we had one more hit, we wouldn't have to play a cover. If we had one more hit, we'd, we wouldn't have to play an album cut. Uh, but I, I feel like we're at least five or six singles away from being able to play a whole show uh, with, with nothing else involved in that. But there's also something fun about playing covers and you know playing songs off your record that aren't, aren't that well known. But uh, I, I would say we're definitely five or six away. All right, three more questions. Uh, there's a new story this week where a couple with 14 sons welcomed their first daughter. Now, you have the oh reverse going with all girls. What, do you need, are you going to have a boy? Are you chasing a boy? How many until you just go, okay, we're never having a boy? Yeah, I mean, me and Lauren are just kind of at the point where our house is so chaotic anyway that, uh, you know, just it, as we continue to have kids, um, we just, I mean, I definitely want to have a boy, but I, but I doubt my wife would stop until we get to at least five or six. So we'll see. Wow, you think you'll go five or six in, huh? I think so, man. I, I really do. This is a Swiss I don't family really have a say so. If Lauren wants six kids, we're gonna have, we're probably gonna have six kids. <laughs> okay. Um, next to last question: What is your favorite song of all time? It's a tough one. Either "These Boots" by Eric Church or uh, or "Misery and Gin" by my Merle Haggard. Those would be two of my two of my favorites of all time. Okay. And then finally, who's your favorite country artist of all time? I've said, I mean, I've said it a million times, but Eric Church. I think, as far as like just me growing up and, and really falling in love with the craft of songwriting and. And uh, a guy that can just perform the crap out of a show would be Eric, for sure. Okay, as we go, t- by the way, Thomas Rhett tonight on the CMA Awards, uh, 8, 7 Central on ABC. What, which secret hand gesture are you going to do for me tonight to recognize me as you're being recognized if you win? Okay, we have no answer there. Something I can't see you. I know you can see me. I can't he did see the you. salute. Oh, the I salute. just saluted. Okay, right. but the veterans can think it's for them. That, oh, great. Yeah, it, exactly. it can be. <laughs> okay. Great. And love that's that right. for the veterans, you're too. exactly right. So tonight, if he wins and he salutes, we know what that's about. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, Thomas Red. Good to right. talk to you, bud. Good luck tonight. You too, buddy. All right, Thank see you, you later. Man. There see he is, Thomas Red. The top three songs in country music. Number three, Blake and Gwen, Happy Anywhere. They're going to be able to do two in a row, two duets in a row. Pretty cool. Together. <laughs> Number two, Morgan Wall and More Than My Hometown. And number one, Russell Dickerson, Love You Like I Used To. And the number one rock song, ACDC is back. What? Here is Shot in the Dark. If you played this for me, I would go, I don't know, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Yeah. It's just right on their sound. I wish more bands did this. They're sound like exactly the same. Sound exactly like they did back 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, first CD I ever bought. Yeah. One of them was ACDC. Here's Amy's pile of stories. Bobby filling in for Amy. Would you eat a McPlant? There's a new burger coming to McDonald's, and it's already creating excitement among vegan, vegetarian, and environmentally conscious fast food lovers. The new plant-based burger called the McPlant 
was first reported by USA Today. There are certain fake meats that taste good, and there are certain fake meats that you know without a doubt <laughs> are fake meat. Like what? Well, there's a beet burger at this place that I go called True Food Kitchen. Uh-huh. Almost tastes like a hamburger. Okay, that's cool. It's amazing. I wouldn't even know it was a beet burger. I would think it was a hamburger that wasn't a great hamburger. I would think it's a decent hamburger. Yeah. But it's a beet burger that tastes like a decent hamburger. So, I haven't tried this one yet. Listen, I'm pumped they're doing it. You try it, though? Would you? It's just not my thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, give it a shot, right? Why not? I guess if it were in here, but I would never buy one going, I wonder if I'm going to eat this and like it and buy more. I wouldn't try it to go, I wonder, because it's just not my thing. Like the McRib's not a, a rib, right? What is that thing? Oh, it's a McRib. <laughs> Morgan, you're a, a vegetarian, right? Yeah. Would you eat the McPlant? I would. I mean, the only like fake meat I don't like is tofu, which I think is pretty gross. I can eat tofu in soup. You like tofu? Ooh, like miso soup? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really miso good. soup and hot and sour soup. <laughs> so if it comes from somewhere Asian, it's got tofu in it, I'm down, baby. My next story, the question is, is Michael Ray, who sings this song right here... Dating Travis Tritt's daughter. Well, so Michael Ray's been in the news because he married Carly Pierce. They were together like a week, got a divorce. Yes. There were some allegations that he cheated on her. It's a whole thing. Yeah, Raymundo yeah. was standing up for Carly Pierce online, who has no connection to them, by the way. <laughs> Just saying stuff. But so Michael Ray was seen kissing Travis Tritt's daughter on the forehead on Instagram. Michael Ray, who is 32, is with... Her name is... Is her last name Tritt? Tyler Reese Tritt. That's pretty cool. Huh. Who's 22. Um, they were together on Halloween. They were doing uh, the, the Little Mermaid. They did... You know what? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's single now. True. The one guy would not want to cross to us, Travis Tritt. He still block us from Twitter? Yeah, yeah. We're, I think we're all blocked. We're still... No, we're unblocked. Oh, we all are. The show is. I don't know if we all oh, individually okay. are. <laughs> hey, Scoob, is he coming on or is he against coming on the show? That's a story for off air, but uh, as of right now, he's not coming in. He was unblocking you guys, and we're looking at January to come in live to perform. Still blocked. Um, I am not blocked. Um, nice. New single, Ghost Town Nation, out now. All right. Wait, so is it controversial? Why is uh, that- it's more that you and I should talk about later. Not controversial, but kind of. Hmm. So that means yes. Okay. I'll record it on my iPhone and bring it in tomorrow on the show. <laughs> uh, the strangest names that parents picked for babies last year, and these aren't just one crazy parent. There had to be at least five parents named their kids this. At number five, MacGyver. Cool. It's a cool name right there. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Are you sure? Yes. 100% sure. Iceland. That's kind of cool. Not bad. Mag- I guess. <laughs> on both of them? I'm struggling on both, but <laughs> I don't hate them as much as the number three one. Okay. What you got? Dairy. Dairy? Like milk. Spelled like milk? Yeah. Ugh. That one is no good. <laughs> no. What five parents named their kid Dairy, weirdo? Uh, Mama. No, M A M A. I mean, that's kind of cool in a no. way. And then number one, Cinderella. That's too much. Awful. Of but then those, again, Cinderella was named Cinderella. Of those five, Eddie, which one do you like the best? Iceland. 
Iceland's pretty cool. It could pretty be a cool, guy right? or a girl, too. Yeah. Oh, ice? Or land. Yeah. <laughs> Dairy's the worst. That's so bad. Yeah. So at least five parents named their kids that. Uh, George Stephanopoulos would like Alex Trebek's Jeopardy hosting gig. I made the prediction that I think it will go to uh, Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings. What about you? You thought about that? No. Okay. I'm not beloved enough in the Jeopardy community. Okay. And then finally, how much turkey to make per person whenever Thanksgiving comes along. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You'll want to plan on about 1.25 pounds of turkey per person attending. That means if you're expecting 12 guests, you need a 15-pound turkey. Got it. What are you guys doing? Just, I just get a good-sized turkey. And if we're short, we're short. No, I'm saying what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Oh, just at the house. Just it's just you us. and the kids? Just us and our family at the, at the house. There you go. That's a pile of stories. Thank you. That was Amy's pile of stories. Come on. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. Mason Ochoa, he's four years old, and he was running around the backyard with his two-year-old little brother, and he falls in the pool. The two-year-old falls in, and Mason's like, what do I do? Oh, my gosh. And he jumps in, tries to save him, but he's four. So he does his best. He grabs his little brother and holds him up over his head, kind of like, you know, just walks to the little shallow area to keep him alive. Uh, He screams, he screams, he screams like, somebody help, help. Somebody finally heard, and they called the paramedics. They showed up. They saved the little boy. Everybody's healthy. He's fine. And so now Mason is an honorary firefighter of that town. The kid was smart enough to put the young kid on his shoulders? The four-year-old. That's what I'm saying. Unbelievable. Put the younger kid. Yep. Yeah, I I mean, honestly, those situations, you don't even know how a four-year-old is going to react. And Mason reacted exactly how you would hope he would. That is amazing. Pretty cool. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Craig Morgan going to be in studio, and he's going to perform coming up in 15, 20 minutes. And this is such a historic day on the show that Craig's coming in that Kayla, my fiance, wanted to come to the studio. I invited her. She was like, I'm there. She's here right now to watch Craig Morgan live. Yeah. Yeah, we clapped for her. Sorry. Sorry. So how do you feel? I feel pumped. Yeah. I love Craig Morgan. Favorite song? Favorite Craig. Oh, favorite Craig. (laughs) If we were listing second and third Craigs, though. Craig Robertson. Who? Is that Office? Doug Dynasty? Oh. Oh, no, that's, isn't that Doug Dynasty? Isn't that The Office? Oh, yeah, Craig Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought she said Robertson. Yeah. I kind of said it quietly because I wasn't (laughs) sure. (laughs) So Craig Morgan, Craig Robinson. Mm I mean, that's all we got, right? No. Craig Biggio. Oh, from the that used to Astros. Craig Moore. Uh, Craig Campbell. Craig Campbell. Country of course. singer. I would do Craig Conover from Southern Charm. No, no one. Okay. No, <laughs> no. Craig. Colbert. I know Morgan's got, I got me. You. Okay. Craig Ferguson. Oh, the Brit. Does that the talk show? Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember him. Craig. Craig O'Neill. From mm-hmm. Arkansas Morning Radio and okay. THV okay. Channel 11 News in Little Rock. Craig Colbert went to high school with him. Good <laughs> dude. Good make my list. <laughs> okay, so Caitlin's here. Uh, let's do the morning corny. Amy's not here. I'm doing the morning corny for her. So let's do that first. The morning corny. Repeat back the joke, Caitlin. Okay. Okay. How does Jesus make his coffee? How does Jesus make his coffee? He brews it. Oh, Hebrew. Love it. Love it. (laughs) That was the morning corny. Well, since we have you here, is it okay to talk about the wedding dress shopping you did this past weekend? Sure. Can I tell you what made me uncomfortable about it? 
you almost showed me a picture of it. I didn't. That wasn't even the right one. She was like, look at, so here, you're not, I guess you're not supposed to see the wedding dress. Yeah. Which he's been crazy about. I don't want to see it. anything about it. Okay. Why would I? He's like, why? don't tell me what color it is. I'm like, like it's white. Why? Because it, it brings bad luck? Yeah, yeah, supposedly. Okay. Which, if our relationship is that <laughs> shaky, then like let's reevaluate because I'm pretty sure we could stand. Well, she goes and sends me a picture of her though in a wedding dress that she didn't pick. Yeah. Is that acceptable? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, she's saying this one sucked. Bay did that with Ray. Ray, you saw wedding dresses that she didn't pick? Yeah, I saw like five runner-ups. I never saw the it one though until the day of. Well, I even felt uncomfortable with that. I was like, am I supposed to see this? Is it supposed? Is it supposed to be like you white me going? Wow, I wear white sometimes. Do you though? It's kind of always kind of dingy because. It- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably because I don't know how to wash clothes. And how was that wedding? Do- so you go into a store, mm-hmm. and you take your all my girls. You take your friends. And that's a yeah. thing for girls. You go with your friends and. Yeah, it was a thing. It was awkward for a second for me, just because it's weird to walk in and be try on something and then everyone's staring at you telling you if they like it or not. Mm. Like, that's just a little weird. Oh, do they tell you that if they like it before you get to give your opinion? Because you don't want to say, I don't like it, and then that'd be the dress be like, oh, you're like, I love it. That's weird. No, that would have been weird. They didn't. They waited on my reaction <laughs> and then would say what they thought. That's smart. Which was nice, yeah. And you picked your dress. Yes. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. You said yes to the dress? I said yes to the dress. Already? Yeah, I was so quick. I, I wow. honestly tried on like four dresses and was oh. like, this is it. Because she went into the day going, I'm not going to find anything. Like, you were a bit pessimistic about Mm -hmm. the process. I don't like trying on clothes. I I feel like, I mean, maybe Morgan gets it. Like, if you go and you're looking for something specific. You never find it. You never find Mm -hmm. it. It's never good enough. I'm like, I look disgusting. This is horrible. And I didn't want that for my wedding dress. Like, I just wanted it to be a good day. So I was nervous about it. But I went um, to a shop here in Nashville, and they were just lovely. And You can shout them out if you want. Oh, the Dress Theory Nashville. My girl Gianna, she's amazing. Um, yeah, I, she brought dresses that she thought I would like. She listened to my reactions, and she brought me the perfect dress. I cried. My friends all cried. We had my mom on FaceTime. She was crying. It was just, it was so special. Do you guys like drink champagne and stuff while it's happening? Is that why? Yeah, you they had champagne. Oh, and I wonder, us. but does that affect your emotional? No, no, no. I mean, I think it was just emotional. I just saw myself in a dress. It wasn't that I thought I look ravishing. It was just like <laughs> I had on this dress, and I was like, I'm gonna get emotional now. It was just like I get to marry the person I should, like the best person for me, and I just. Never knew it could feel this good and this settled. And so I was just like standing in the mirror, looking at myself in this dress, thinking, oh my gosh, I like, it's not even about the dress. It's just, this is real. Like, I'm really going to get married to you. It was special. Hmm. Wow. And how do you feel about that? Getting married to me. Amazing. Nice. I was hoping she said Yeah. yeah. Are, are you going to cry every time you, something happens, like yeah. with wedding planning? Like, <laughs> like when you get the cake? Napkins. You pick okay, the cake guys. out, and you're like, okay, this reminds me. <laughs> okay, leave it to them to ruin my uh, <laughs> No, I'm not going to cry okay. at the forks, okay. but that was special. <laughs> Chocolate cream. Oh, my <laughs> These invitations. Are, are we doing that? Like going and do you eat a bunch of cake? Yeah, yeah we're going to do You some. have to taste a bunch of cake. You have to cakes. taste. Yeah, but I, I didn't go. I went. I, my wife went with her dad because I don't like cake. So I said, "You go Lunchbox. do it." Lunchbox. It's not about if you like cake or not. <laughs> <laughs> 
she probably doesn't like napkins, but she had to choose them. Oh, no, she spent 45 minutes looking at napkins because they were different color whites. I mean, I was like, I'm out. That's to make it special. No, no one cares about the napkins. Just pick the first napkin because they're just napkins. No one cares about the plates because they're just plates. How many weddings can you tell me you went to? Tell me what the plates looked like. You have no freaking idea. Yes, I do. Actually, several are gold. Some are silver. What were rays? Rays were white. Challenge me. <laughs> I Actually, they were like that. they were like they had some gold thing underneath. Them. That's what I'm saying. No one cares. It's just a plate. It's important to us uh. to make the day good for our guests. So we like it if the groom will help out a little bit. Hey, would you would you say I'm helping out? I'd say <laughs> you. Go ahead. I'd say that you are when I ask you to. But the problem that we have sometimes with the wedding is that every suggestion he gives is a jokey one. Yeah. Sure. So it's like, I, I don't even go to him with real ones. Or if he has a real one, I kind of shut it down because I'm like, I don't want you to say, I want to quack down the aisle. It's like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> or like, whatever. Yeah, Bones, come on, come on. He's like, hey, me and a red, me and a red tux, Eddie and a green, raging idiots. I'm like, it's not a, it's not a concert. Our wedding. Are you gonna? Um, I won't. I don't want to start a fight. Go ahead. There's no fight. She, we're not fighting. We're, not we're totally fighting. like we're, we we're, have. Hey, not we're had. totally cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. What am I? Have, have you I decided think, on his color of his tux? Oh, okay. Thank you for bringing that up. <clears throat> That's why I was like, red is a good idea. Because I did see that that somewhere on the show, I guess y'all had said I wouldn't let you wear red, or you wanted to wear red, or something. Yeah. It might have been an article. <laughs> And some listeners were saying that I needed to let you wear red. Thank you for your feedback, listeners. But this is the thing. I will let him wear red. He wants to wear fire engine red. Nice. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. Whoa. Thank you very much. Yeah. What else Thanks. is there? And I, have offered, is there? I have offered every shade of red that would be appropriate. Burgundy, maroon. A no, little, no, that's not red. It's not red. That's maroon. Excuse me. Yes, ma'am. A little sooner crimson. Crimson. I don't know what. That. I'm not wearing sooner colors. She's from Oklahoma. That. That's what that means, but by the way. I'm exactly. saying we have looked for a red that would complement the venue and the the dress and everything. And I've offered ten shades of red, and he just keeps coming back to fire. Look red. at his hat. That Arkansas red looks perfect. It's not happening. That's what I want. Arkansas red. That's okay. I, I've I've I'm out. I'm gonna wear black. But Stanley's going to get to walk down the aisle. Of course. And I have uh, other things. Uh, um, Stanley's going to be walked down the aisle. No, no, we just let him run free. <laughs> <laughs> we open it up like a dog race. We put him in a crate, and you open it and just see where he runs. Can you imagine? Um, but And then we're hoping, you know, because we're look, looking at an early summer wedding, we're hoping that vaccine is rocking. Which, Absolutely. There was yeah. an update today, I saw. So, anyway, it's going good. It's going great. I am handling the music, though. I've already reached out to my buddy Kramer. Who, Kramer, who DJs, in, who DJs in Little Rock? <laughs> Kramer, yeah. He's like, I got a great guy. I'm like, he's like, he's a great. Hey, babe, he's a great DJ. He is I'm a great like, DJ. tell me about him. Got a little connection around here, in yeah. Nashville. Oh yeah, like, a lot of good DJs around here. Has yeah. to be. I'm like, just let me know. I can't wait to. Sorry, can't wait to hear him. He's like, nah, buddy from back in Arkansas. <laughs> I said, when's the last time you even saw Kramer? And he's like, I don't know, probably 20 years ago. He goes, but he's doing great things on Facebook Live. Yeah, boom. Oh, oh, that's what I Wow. Yeah. Uh, buddy, I'm good Kramer with hasn't spun in 20 years. No, he has. He's a DJ. He does weddings all the time. Just kidding. On Facebook and I reached Live. out to him and I was like, hey, man, you free? He goes, that's like the one weekend I'm free. Oh, so I said, oh, up. the one weekend he's free miraculously. When he really said he had the whole year free? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. Get no, off I'm me just and kidding. Kramer. Thank you, Kramer. I'm really excited to hear your work. Thank you. And I'm picking the band. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll 
be a part of that. But yeah, but you are. You'll bring me some people and we'll discuss it together. Uh, Craig Morgan's about to be in. But before <laughs> we go away and, and come back, let me say that. So Eddie and I were playing in a, a charity golf tournament. And I said, hey, I need to ask Caitlin a question. Mm-hmm. And so I call her on FaceTime. <laughs> FaceTime rings for about five minutes. Unavailable. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, crap. So Eddie goes, well, let me call her. Three seconds after I hang up. <laughs> She's like, oh, hey, Eddie. Hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, hey, wow. Eddie. The truth is my phone was face down. Mm-hmm. I guess while he was calling me, my phone's always on silent, which is probably not good because I lose it all the time. But it was face down, so I didn't know he called. And then I just happened to flip it over. I see Eddie. I'm like, oh, Eddie, hey, what's up? <laughs> That's pretty, they, pretty embarrassing. And then they were together, and it was just Eddie. And then Bobby's like, hey, I called you. <laughs> they don't doing? talk like Orville. I, I, Fire Marshal Bill. I called you. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're, we're going to yeah. go. You're staying here, though. We're going to watch the concert next. 100%. That's why I'm here. She came in. Craig Morgan's going to perform. Your favorite Craig Morgan song is? That's what I love about Sunday. Okay. We'll make sure he plays that one. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Craig Morgan. Craig, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you? It's good to see. I mean, I see you quite regularly. We're doing the opera. With the opera, around, yeah. But, but still, it's really good to see you in studio. You too, man. Today's a special day because never in the history of my show... Has my now fiance wanted to come and watch a performance? She's right here. <laughs> not not yeah. once. I started following you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you did. I'm following you. Yeah. Oh, I'm Wait, in life? I'm not a creeper. To the I'm store or Instagram? I love Bobby, and so I kind of watch who he follows, and and then I see all y'all's posts, and so I started following you. Oh, I'm gonna follow you back. I turned my phone off so it wouldn't you don't go off right me now. Already? I did, but I stopped. What did I do? I'm sorry. No, I just felt weird. <laughs> but now I have permission. That's awesome. She might be your biggest fan ever. Oh, yeah. you're so sweet. That's I, awesome. And I didn't know, but I would just start, you know, I'd have different playlists that you were on, and she would know every yeah. single word to every single song. Oh, there are no amazing. skips on your playlist. If I turn it on, Craig Morgan Artist on Spotify, no skips. Oh, you're ever. so sweet. That's awesome. What is your favorite Craig Morgan song of There's, all time? Uh, well, what I love about Sunday. Oh. Obviously. Do you guys know that? Oh, oh, wait. We're <laughs> grabbing it right now. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's, let's hear a little bit. Raymond's in his Sunday best. He's usually up to his chest in old and grease. There's Martin's walking in With that mean little freckle-faced kid Who broke a window last week Sweet Miss Betty likes to sing off key In the pew behind me That's what I love about Sunday I sing along as the choir sways Every verse of Amazing Grace Then we shake the preacher's hand Go home into your blue jeans Have some chicken and some baked beans Pick a backyard football team Not do much of anything It's what I love about Sunday Nice, come yeah. on! I, I do 
think once we sent you a voice memo of her singing that in the car. Yes, Didn't she I did. text you? I was like, Craig, she's singing every song. I can't get her to stop. That's awesome. I do have a question. Yes, ma'am. Can I ask a question? You can do whatever you want. Okay. Is it Sally and Rod, Ron, or Rob? Because I trail off. I hit raw hard and don't ever know what to end on. <laughs> That's uh, funny. That is funny. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? So where's that line? Uh, looks, like looks like Sally and, Sally and Rod. Oh, Ron. Ron. Looks like Sally and Ron. I think that's um, a harmony part too, and I don't even. Ron. Are you Ron? Ron. Are we you do sure? the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the singer. Yeah. Looks like Sally and Ron. It's up to our interpretation. Ron, yeah, it might yeah. be Rob. It might Ron, be Rob. Rod. It could be Bob. Aww. Looks like Sally and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob. <laughs> hey, so today we're bringing you for a couple reasons. One, um, she loves you. <laughs> uh, obviously, I do, but it's also Veterans Day today. It is, yeah. which a is, very special day, right, for all of us, but especially you who served. You know, and I just finished a podcast talking with a lot of veterans, where I did a whole series on, you know, how they transitioned from being in the service to being a civilian. What was that like for you transitioning? Uh, I, I'll tell you what I tell everybody. I'm working on it. <laughs> Still, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a difficult thing for the average American who's never served to truly comprehend because you live a lifestyle that is so unimaginable, uh, especially someone like myself for such a long period of time. And I'm not, I, I'm not trying to uh, dilute the someone who only might serve three years, but the more time you spend in that lifestyle, the more difficult it is to not separate yourself, but, but transition into something that is n- nothing like that. I mean, just imagine uh, spending a third of your life driving as fast as you can, avoiding being shot, uh, hearing stuff blow up, seeing dead bodies and all of this for a very long period of time. Because we've been in conflict, you know, for quite some time and and we're still in conflict. There's people still experiencing that on a daily basis. So it's a difficult transition. I'm not saying like I have issues with it, but, you know, like if I see something bad happening to someone, I immediately go into that mode of, of I need to defend that person and I'm willing to die to do that. And that's a gene, a trait that you experience. And I don't know that you're born with it, but you definitely develop it when you spend a large portion of your life in that environment. So with you, why did you get into the military? Why did you enlist? I wanted free hunting clothes. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um I think, you know, I grew up wanting to do something bigger than, than, than just be me, uh, which makes this job really difficult. <laughs> um, and I'm still that guy. Still, uh, like I said, if I see someone uh, being abused or hurt, I feel like I, I, we're supposed to step in. It's the human thing to do. Uh, and I've always felt like that. Even before the military, I was an EMT. You know, I was on the fire department. Uh, after I got out, I went to, straight to work as a police officer. Um, I just I feel like the desire to help other people, and some of it's for self. I guess I mean I'm not going I'm not going to lie to you. You, you want to feel it makes you feel good when you help someone. I mean even something as simple as giving the guy on the side of the street a buck to buy him or giving him a, a happy meal or something. You know what I mean? It makes you feel good. So that is compounded when you save someone's life. I mean it's a good feeling. But I don't do it for that good feeling or that energy as much as I just feel like it's the right thing. You've done so many things, so many so many careers that that, that give back consistently, right? You listed all the things. You even worked in the dairy department at Walmart, I believe. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. About that? <laughs> you, know, you watch the weather close when you're that guy. How did you, like, because for you to jump into a career of doing country music, 
that's kind of, all those jobs as crazy and as dangerous as they are, that's, they're still stable and you have a job. As a police officer, you have a job. In the, in the military, you have a job. This is not stable what you're doing now. No, like, you're right. How in the world did you go, all right, I'm going to go pursue country music and it's complete instability. Uh, I, I, I attribute it to uh, a couple of leaders that I had um, who were great, uh, uh, very inspirational. Uh, in fact, when I decided to make the transition uh, out of active duty, I was so unsure that, it, that this would work that I stayed in the active reserves. And I went and talked to my commander, who to this day is a very dear friend. And another gentleman, some of you may recognize the name, General Shelton. He was my general officer at the time. Uh, and I went and talked to him, and I said, look, I'm considering getting into the music business. I think, you know, if I don't do it now, I never will. Because I was at 10 and a half years of active duty, half my career, you know, over. So, and, and I'll never forget, Colonel Graham and General Shelton both said, if you stay in the Army— there's a good chance you're on track to be the sergeant major of the Army someday. We believe you have the potential to be the sergeant major of the Army. But we also think that you should try this. Stay in the active reserves. If it don't work, you'll come back in. You'll lose no time in service. At least you can say you tried. You're really good at this. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, they had more confidence in my ability than I did. I mean, I wasn't trying to be – I didn't get out to be a singer, really. I really wanted to just write because I knew that you could make money writing songs instantly through this thing called, they call an advance. I didn't understand it at the time, but I knew you could get paid. I had a wife and two kids, so I needed to make money. So that's what I did. I got a publishing deal, and, and that led to a record deal, and now here we are. What was the first song for you when it hit? It could have been your first, second, third hit, maybe not even a hit, where you go, okay, I think I ha- actually have some, some, some real chance here to, to stay in the music scene. Oh. What, what, what song was it? Uh, I think Almost Home definitely helped. That was a pusher for me. But I, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, in 2000, my first single came out, a song called Paradise, uh, which was a top 20 or top, mm-hmm. top 30 hit. I mean, and that's a big hit. Of course, back then, it, it was different than it is now. Um, but it wasn't until 2008 when I was made a member of the Grand Ole Opry that I felt like I had some stay power in the business. I'll be honest. And what a cool Grand Ole Opry story you have because it wasn't in Nashville, right? When they, no. It, it was at, at a base. At Fort Bragg, North Carolina. My invitation came there. And, and it was really cool because, you know, I, I was very fortunate to work with a lot of great heroic Americans and a lot of those guys. And these are guys that work in the special forces uh, in the f- community. Um, just just real, we call them door bangers. These are real dudes, man, who've seen a lot of stuff. And, and a bunch of those guys were standing on the side of the stage. You know, they don't. They weren't out in the audience. They weren't mixing in because they these guys. You don't know their faces. You don't know their names. And they were all over there standing. My wife was over there. And when John Conley came up and invited me, like I, I completely lost my crap, dude. I mean, I was just so torn up about being invited to be a member of the Opry. And and I probably would have been okay, but I looked over, and some of the toughest men I know in the world were crying. It was like you know they were more proud than I was. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So yeah. The Grand Ole Opry invitation came on a military installation. That's that's an amazing story. Uh, it's a true story. I mean, so. <laughs> Craig Morgan's here. You mentioned Almost Home, which, again, has probably been played in my house more times in the past <laughs> month. Right? I'm sorry. Yeah, she's it's a good one. And she's like, this is such beautiful. a sad. Why do you love this song? It's beautiful. It's about a person whose dreams are better than his real life, and he wants to stay in his dreams, and someone wakes him up because they think he's needs to go home, but he's like, I was home in my head. Oh, you just described that song yeah. to the, I mean, to its perfection. That is exactly, you know, I, 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 I just wrote a song called The Mask, and it's kind of the, 
a, a current description of that same thing. You know, we have to put on this mask when we go to work. And I'm not talking about the physical mask that we're wearing. Like, you have a crappy day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby, you've had crappy things happen in life, and you still get up and you go to work. You put that mask on. And that's what that almost home for me was about. The old man was laying there asleep, and he was, even though he might have been chilly in his dream and in his uh, unconscious state, uh, he was happy. Uh, you know, and and that's okay. That's a, I think it's okay that we do that. We're supposed to. It's called dreaming, you know. Mm-hmm. When you quit dreaming, you quit living, in my opinion. Craig Morgan's here. Do you guys want to play a little bit of Almost Home? Yeah, we'd be glad to. From 2002. He had plastic bags wrapped around his shoes. He was covered with the evening news. Had a pair of old wool socks on his hands. Bang sign was flashing five below. It was freezing rain and spitting snow. He was curled up behind some garbage cans. I was afraid that he was dead I gave him a gentle shake When he opened up his eyes I said, old man, are you okay? And he said I just climbed out of a cottonwood tree I was running from some honeybees Drift drying in the summer breeze After jumping in the Calico Creek I was walking down an older road Past a field of hay that had just been mowed Man, I wish you'd just left me Cause I was almost home. Come on. That's great, man. That's great. Thank you. Craig Morgan's here. I didn't listen. I assume do you guys know all of your songs? You two? No. You don't. No. I forget the words regularly. <laughs> I can help you out if you forget any I mean, lines. Ron, come on. Ron, Ron, Ron Rob, who knows? <laughs> well, you bring up the, the, the mask, and I I mean, do you guys know enough of that to play a little bit of that now? Oh, uh, play it. Yeah. You guys don't mind, right? No, I don't okay, mind. Man, I'm, here, I'm here to have fun, y'all. All right. Like, this I've is, been doing this a while, and I still can't believe people want it. They still listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you kidding? <laughs> Here's Craig Morgan. <laughs> yeah, I got pains inside of me. Pains I don't let people see. I say I'm fine because I know they see me strong. Behind my eyes, inside my soul Feels like I'm digging a deeper hole But I put on a smile, I lie and I hold on Cause when I get home and it's late at night No one's around and I turn off the lights I cry and scream and yell like a crazy man I don't have to pretend that I'm doing well I can tell the world it can go to hell It's just me and God when I take off the mask 
Nice. That's awesome, man. Thank Look you, buddy. at this. Hey, let me say this. We're going to come back with Craig in a second, but uh, God, Family, Country, it came out in the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. what else are you going to do? Right. Um, so I'm going to encourage you guys to check it out, but we're going to come back in a second. Can you guys hang out? Yeah, buddy. All right. Bet. Craig Morgan is here. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Craig Morgan. How often, Craig, are you in a snowy place with large animals versus home? <laughs> At least uh, twice a year during the snow, uh, which isn't, that's the good time because the bear are hibernating. Uh, it's the summer in Alaska. When we go up there during the summer, that you have to be a little more careful, a little more cautious. Uh, it seems like every time I see you online, you're with a, you, you've killed some sort of big animal. Well, uh, I, I, I'm into the outdoors. Yeah, as you know, and uh, I'm I'm big into eating healthy. Like my wife and I haven't bought meat from a grocery store in probably 15 years. Uh, so we only eat meat that I harvest, which is you know completely organic. Uh, I know what it's been eating uh, because I'm out there in the environment where it's eating it. So yeah, that's why I do that. Uh, and I do love being in the outdoors. I mean, for me, it's not always just about shooting an animal um in fact i've been i was going to go this morning but it was just too hot but i just love being out in the woods and watching the sun come up and listening to the birds when they first start singing and the smells and Mm -hmm. everything about it for me is just i mean it's just so rejuvenating you sound like caitlin yeah i was about to say that sounds like a dream it is a dream and i live it pretty regular yeah You, you did the uh lifetime movie yeah what is your acting experience up to that? Uh, I, well, this is my third movie. Uh, I've been on the TV show Rizzoli and Isles. I had a character in that. I tell people I laugh because I literally have a, uh, a bachelor's of science in forensics. And the only time I've worked as a forensics investigator was on the TV show Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> 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 it's like that TV commercial, you know. Uh, but that's the truth, yeah. Um, so I've done a bunch, uh, I, and I've been pretending, I've been acting like a singer for almost 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> when are you most nervous, acting, singing, or when there's a crazy situation and you're called into action to, to help somebody? The helping somebody, I never get nervous in those situations because I figure the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to die. And I'm prepared to die I, at, at any time, uh, whether it be COVID or, or getting hit by a car or or. You know, whatever might the situation might be, I'm, my soul is ready. Uh, I don't want to die. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I'm prepared uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally. I'm prepared to die. Uh, I, I really get a little nervous uh, in the acting thing, depending on who's there, because I'm not a you know staple actor. So I want to do well because I don't want people to go, oh, country thinker, singer thinks he's an actor. You know, <laughs> just like baseball players think they're singers. You know, or songwriters or whatever. You know. Uh, anytime we cross into another genre, we have we take the stigma with us. Uh, so I want to do well. I want to represent. I want. I want. I want. I love it when I do something and the director goes, hmm, "Not not what I expected." <laughs> and you um, like you like acting. I do. I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't have to worry about a band, a crew. <laughs> no offense, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Mike. <laughs> uh, but 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 on stage, I want to do well. As as uh, also uh, when we do a show. Uh, like, we got this show coming up. We got this uh, drive-in show in a couple days. Where? In Dixon. Dixon. And, uh, it, it sold out. Uh, so they sold all the cars they could sell. But it's that's such a different environment. So I, wanted, I want people to enjoy themselves. I, when they come to this show, it's a different show. But, so, but when they leave, I want them to feel like they got the same 
feeling and emotions that they would get at a normal concert. And that's that's a little nerve. That makes you a little nervous, right. you know. But we just do what we do and hope that everyone enjoys themselves and feels like they got their money's worth. I've been singing one of your songs wrong for <laughs> 13 years now. You know which one? Mm-hmm. Which one? International Harvest. International Harvest. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in Virginia. Caitlin and I are we go to Virginia for my Nat Geo show and we're we're on a farm and <laughs> Kaylin's singing every word. You want to sing a little bit of it? Go ahead. Where do you want me to come the, in? Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. She knows it all from the beginning. Go ahead. You got it. Hit that deep one. I'm a sick. Come on. <laughs> you want me to go there? Yeah, just go there. Um, well, no, I'm going to do. <laughs> she called an audible yeah. here, boy. That sounded like a little bit of life. Are you sure you no. were on the right? Oh, I love that. That's good, though. That, that did is good. sound yeah. like Same the intro to a little bit of life. Um, I'm a son of a third generation farmer. Come on. I've been married 10 years to the farmer's daughter. I'm a hard-working, God-fearing combine driver, hogging up the road with a plower, chug a lug a lug and five miles an hour. I'm an international harvester. No, no, no. Because I sang I'm an international harvester because that's how he sings it, but it's on my give us a little bit of that uh, yeah. 2007 International Harvester from the from the, the the mouth of the man himself. Yep. I'm the son of a third generation farmer. I've been married ten years to a farmer's daughter. Fearing hard working combine driver, hogging up the road on my p- 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 plower, chug a lug a lug in five miles an hour. On my international harvester. Come on! Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> I think if people go to, and this is the most complimentary thing that I can say, and I hope you take it this way. I think sometimes you go to a show and you're like, oh, I didn't know I knew that song. I didn't know I. If they go to one of your shows, I bet you if they're not a super fan and just a casual fan, they go, I didn't know he sang that because you have so many hits. You're not offending me at all. In fact, I had a T-shirt made (laughs) that on the back, it's literally, and we sell them. It says, the guy who sings International Harvester. That's what I love about Sunday, Redneck Yacht Club. (laughs) I I can read lips, and I I can't tell you how many times I've been on stage and I see someone go, I didn't know he sang that song. (laughs) I love that. Dude, (laughs) this old boy is a song that I feel like I relate to now. And I never yeah. did. I never really did in my life, right? Until I met her. Yes. And then you would hear, I'd hear this old boy, and it's like a song about you. Just <laughs> like I'm lucky. I get this old boy gets to have all this stuff. Got it now. going on. Yeah. And I, I really never felt like I understood that song until her. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's so sweet. And probably her playing it for me over and over again. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You get tired of it. Uh, that, that's really what it's, that song's all about. You know. That relationship and being, I've been married to the same woman for over 30 years. Uh, and she just, I mean, she has just gotten hotter lately. It's just, <laughs> I mean, God dang. She has like not gray, but this silver hair. It's natural. I'll show you a picture in a minute. I'm not kidding y'all. Uh, and she's gotten it back into her health kit. You know, when we lost our son, it was a real difficult time. Uh, and, and, and we managed to stay strong in, in our faith and in, in our relationship, but it's just tough. Um, but man, she has gotten back in, and good gosh, she looks good. <laughs> She's pretty. Yeah, she is pretty. Let's do. Uh, let's do one more. Let's do Redneck Yacht Club. I feel like if we don't, my listeners are going to be upset. All right, ready.
I meet my buddies out on the lake. We're headed out to a special place we love, but just a few folks know. There's no signing of no monthly dues. Take your Johnson, your Mercury, or your Evan Rude and fired up. Made us out of particle. I come on in, the water's fine. I just idle on over and toss the line. Bass trackers, bayliners, and a party bar. Strung together like a floating trailer park. Anchored out and getting loud all summer long. Side by side, there's five house boat front porches, astroturf lawn chairs and tiki torches, regular Joes rocking the boat. That's us, the Redneck Yacht Club. Come on, Craig yeah. Morgan in studio. <laughs> Let me tell you, he's got so much going on. First of all, check out the record, uh, God Family Country. It was out this summer, but you know, you probably. Nothing's been normal, and we're starting to get a bit normal, it feels now. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's got to be weird putting out music and not being able to really tour it. It, it was. It is super weird uh, promoting it. And what's really weird is when we put this album out, we didn't go to the uh, marketplace with it. It was uh, strictly through download because we felt like it didn't make a lot of sense. Because at the time, when we first put it out, nobody was going shopping for the most part. Uh, especially not buying CDs. And when I do my live streams, I'll be like, look, I know you're probably not working, so if you can't buy, it's no big deal. <laughs> listen to us, you know, listen to it online, you yeah. know. If you can afford one song, that's cool, you know. Um, and, and we still to date have not pushed the uh, hard product to all the main outlets. Uh, you can get the hard product on our website and, um, I don't know, other places. But uh, but as far as it being in Walmart or those kind of places, we didn't do that. Uh, and yet I had like the – Biggest first week of sales I've ever, ever had, had. Yeah, during yeah. a pandemic. So, which told me that people still very much love to hear music. You know, so that's a good thing. Or love to hear Craig Morgan's music. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit here. Uh, music is a very healing thing, and I think it doesn't matter. I mean, even Blake Shelton's selling records. You know, so <laughs> that's saying a lot. <laughs> Caitlin. Did you enjoy your experience here? I loved it. My favorite phrase now around the house when you're on is like, ugh, give it a Grammy. Like, I want to go back <laughs> Every in song, time. she's like, she's like, give that song I'm a like, Grammy. Let's go back in time and give that one we a Grammy. We have a song just for you that we'll do after oh, we're done. my gosh. What do you mean after we're done? What is it? Uh, well, you two guys are, you know, engaged. We are. Everything. You're going to, I wrote a song, we wrote a song that, uh, uh, like I said, we went through some hard times after losing our son. And... I wrote, we wrote this song because I think people give up too easy. And you guys are going to run across some gravel roads. It's going to be tough. You're going you're gonna to hate him sometimes, I promise you. <laughs> and, and he's going to be very angry with you at times. Uh, but this is a song about not, not letting that stuff interfere. Is this song already out? It's on it? the new record. Okay, well let's, well, let's do it now. We've got millions of people listening. Okay. <laughs> what is this song? We ain't going out like this. Midnight, sitting here, can't see clear, wasting tears on you. Tick-tock, round the clock, on the dot, every thought consumes this missing you. Going round and round like this, 
Is it time to call it quiz? Tell me I didn't hear you right. Tell me it's just another fine. No, we ain't going out like this. We ain't going out like this. Tell me what I'm supposed to do when I feel like I'm losing you. Cause we ain't going out like this. We ain't going out. There it is, Craig Morgan. Wow. <laughs> Man, we appreciate you coming in, just playing. Because, heck, half the stuff I don't even run by you. I was like, play this. Yeah. Ah, no so, worries. I'm glad to be here. Thank everybody you throw a dollar in his case when you he walks it. out. Yep. It's been tough right now. <laughs> Open the case up. Uh, let me also let me mention a couple things here. Friday's at 4 with performances and Q&A on Craig's Facebook page. Um, also, the Lifetime movie, which is, what is that movie called? Uh, uh, a Welcome Home Christmas. Raymundo reviewed it, watched it, said you were good in it. And this is before you came on the air. Oh, awesome. Thank did, you. Ray, you give him a... Yeah, it was good. I thought maybe you should have had a kissing scene with Janet Kramer. He your role should have been bigger. He can't hear you, but he said your role should have been bigger. And he was waiting for a kissing scene with you and Janet Kramer. Oh, uh, no. She had that with the other fellow. <laughs> That's our next movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Craig. And uh, check out Craig's World on Circle Network. Thank Which you, buddy. Is, yeah, there he is. Uh, this has been extremely special for me. Thank you for coming in and just being so open and playing. And you got her up to the studio, which she's always like, you know, I'm just going to listen on the app. I'll listen yeah. later. <laughs> so, Well, thank you, Kate. No, thank All you. All right, Craig Morgan, everybody. Thank yeah. you, Craig. Thank you all. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. Donnie and his wife, Patrice, were hanging out at a family barbecue at a family member's house, and Patrice is pregnant when all of a sudden she starts having pain, like, uh-oh, I think this baby's coming, and she's not due for another month. Contractions are two minutes apart. They don't have time to go to the hospital. They dial 911. Yo, yo, she's about to have a baby in the backyard. Get here. Dang. Firefighters arrive. They get down there, and Manuel, who's been a firefighter for 10 years, like, never been to a baby call before, gets down there, clamps the umbilical cord, Jeez. and... Delivers the baby. <laughs> in the said, backyard. In the backyard. And he said, man, it was kind of cool, you know, being there and being wrapped up in the moment. I get to hand the father the baby, and he gets to cut the umbilical. I mean, all that. Oh, crazy. Do they rush him to the hospital after that? I would think oh, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go to the hospital. The baby can't you just, don't just hang just out. Chill. They can't just throw Netflix on and <laughs> no, you don't take just it all chill. in. I, I mean, that was a real question. Like, I wonder, do they have to go, like, okay, tell the baby, let's get you to the hospital right now. I mean, I yeah. don't know the answer, but I'm sure they will. I'm pretty sure they probably yeah. get it back in the ambulance and go, okay. and then the firefighters finish the cookout and eat the burgers. Nice. And then mow the yard. Yeah. It's like the total <laughs> tell me something good. All right, there you go. That's what it's all about. That was tell me something good. What's happening, everybody? Thank you guys for hanging out. Let me go over and talk to Chris, who is calling us from West Virginia right now. Hey, Chris, what's going good, on, man? Good, good morning, studio. Morning. morning. How y'all doing today? Pretty good, man. What can I do for you? I need to do a shout out to my stepdad. Okay, go ahead. His name is Michael Harverman Mill, and he served in the United States Special Forces as a sniper. And I just want to give a big old shout out to him. Thank you for all he did. And I'm actually in the process of following his footsteps and trying to get into the army myself. Oh, nice. Right, good for you. How, where are you in that process right now? Well, I'm in the process of uh, meeting with the recruiter. I'm waiting on a phone call to get meet with him today. Well, good luck. Hope you get that meeting. And, man, appreciate your stepdad. And hopefully soon enough I'll be able to say the same to you, my friend. Thanks, Bobby. Y'all, right. y'all have a good day. See you, Chris. Hey, buddy.
All right, Jennifer in Virginia is on the phone right now. Hey, Jennifer, what's going on? Hey, I was just calling to follow up on that Tell Me Something Good story. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I had my baby on the side of the road, and the EMTs definitely do take you to the hospital as soon as they can. So (laughs) hold on. Let's start at the beginning of this. You had your baby on the side of the road. What happened there? Uh, Well, I I had... um, uh, we were basically just driving, and suddenly there was a foot that came out. Wait. Uh, oh. So he came out. So so upside <laughs> down, too. Yeah. Yeah, so he came out um, footling breach, and apparently EMTs are trained to not let you deliver a baby on the side of the road. They try to give you some drug to keep you from having the baby, but uh, in this instance, the baby was coming out, so... Uh, yeah, so they delivered the baby, and then they rushed me to the hospital and the baby, and they left my husband standing in the dirt on the side of the road. He didn't even know where we went. He didn't know which hospital we went That's to. Rough. So he couldn't get in the ambulance. No, I said you can. I said wait for my husband, and they slammed the door, and then he was. It was an emergency, I guess. But no, I get. It. I mean, there's not one more seat rude. in there though. For pops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the child's dad. What's right? crap? He's just chilling on the side yeah. of the road. Uh, is yeah. every, everything end well, up okay? Yeah, he was born on Valentine's Day, and he's about to turn four this year coming up. Does he love water slides? Because that would be a good indication early. He's going right down feet first. <laughs> Does he still? Um, He's pretty much wide open 24-7. Yeah. So, yeah, well, it was a good indication. <laughs> we, pre- we appreciate you sharing that story with us. But the question was, Yeah, no problem. do they rush you to the hospital when they have to? And they, and they do, apparently. Good. Did you get the whole boo treatment? Yeah, nice. yeah, I did. And the really sweet thing actually was the EMT. So of course they rushed me and the baby to the, um, you know, to the emergency room. But the EMTs they kind of waited for my husband to get there, and then they all congratulated him when he got there. And you know, we're like, hey, you know, congrats, Dad. I thought that was really nice. Interesting impression. <laughs> hey. hey, everybody's right, Fonzie man. at the hospital. <laughs> yes. All right. Hey, thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, no problem. All right, let's do the news. Bobby's Big Story. So, I'm watching yesterday, and what is expected now, laid out timeline-wise, is that most folks should have access to the coronavirus vaccine by April of next year. Yes. If you want it, they say you should be able to get it by April or so. And the one they're talking about mostly is this Pfizer vaccine. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Even if you're not a big believer in coronavirus, that's okay. I mean, it's not, but it is. Like, you feel how you want to feel. But the thing is, things aren't going to open back up until it exists. So even if you're like, this is stupid, you still have to live with the consequences of hospitals being full, maybe people with car wrecks not being able to get in. El Paso had to call in three morgue trucks yesterday. There's things happening that are outside coronavirus that coronavirus is affecting, right? Yeah. So even if you're like, people will live through it, Eddie lives through it, sure. One of the lucky ones. Well, no, most people live through it, Eddie. Sure. You're not one of the, okay, I like okay think, dramatic. I like to think that I am. <laughs> My point is it affects more than just people with coronavirus. And things aren't going to open up until people are able to have a vaccine and super fast testing. So now folks that are getting this Pfizer virus are saying, yeah, we got it in the trial. Pfizer vaccine. Pfizer, yeah, sorry. Oh, can you imagine? They (laughs) they mix it up. They're like, oh, crap, (laughs) crap. We meant to give away the the, the vaccine, and we accidentally gave you the Pfizer virus. (laughs) Thank you, Eddie. It felt like they had a severe hangover, it said, when they took the vaccine. Oh, okay. The more than 43,000 people in six countries who took part in phase three were never told whether they were inje- injected with the vaccine or the placebo. But some said they knew they had the drug because of headaches, fever, and muscle aches that they compared to getting 
a really hardcore flu shot or a really heavy night out. Now, I've never had a, a, yeah. a hangover before because I've never been drunk. I would say that that's kind of what it felt like when I knew I had corona. When I woke up that morning, it felt like I had had a crazy party night out, and I didn't, obviously. But so maybe that's kind of what the way that vaccine works. Gives you kind of what your body's supposed to be immune to. Who knows? I don't know, but that's how I felt. I would take a night of feeling like that to be able to go to concerts again. For sure. Like, hit me. Let's go. People do that voluntarily all the time. To get hangover? <laughs> yeah, but they always get that fun part before it, too. <laughs> That's true. So I just saw that they finally started talking about what, what it makes you feel like. It's two different shots, too. Wow. You go in, you get one shot, and then you think you wait maybe a week or so, and you go in and get the second shot. Now, do you think this is enough time for the, all the tests to process and see if everything's cool with this vaccine? Personally, like if, your opinion. Yes. Okay. I do. Because what if, like, if after they three run, years, you grow three years or listen, four Listen, I'm noses. not convinced cell phones aren't going to have us all growing <laughs> right. a tail out of our head. Yeah. Because they just haven't been around long enough to study it. All I know is that they're not going to let everything get back to normal until there is a vaccine. Yeah. And so I'm really rooting hard for one. Okay. That's the news. That's all I have. Thank you. Bobby's Big Story. I hope you guys go back and check out the podcast for today's show. Craig Morgan was in. I think he ended up playing five or six songs. Big hits. And you get to hear that on the podcast. So check it out. Search for it. Bobby Bone Show On Demand whenever we're done here. Tonight, the CMA Awards. Here are people you wouldn't believe were once CMA Awards winners or nominees. Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Huh. He won. For what? In 2007, he won because he directed Brad Paisley's video for Online. Olivia Newton-John. Okay. From Greece. Sure. She was a winner in 1974. She was nominated for four, including Entertainer of the Year. What? She did win Female Vocalist. She won for Song of the Year. If you love me, let me know. Here it is here. Snoop Dogg was a nominee in 2012. Okay, for what? He was nominated in Musical Event of the Year with Willie Nelson for Roll oh, Me Up. Smoke Me When I Die. Yeah. <laughs> Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die. Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die. And if anyone don't like you, you say they won. Just look no, they were nominated. Oh. They didn't win. Nelly in 2013. Okay, for yeah. over and over. Cruz. Cruz, there you go. And Al Green, 1994, for his album Rhythm, Country, and Blues, it included a song called Funny How Time Slips Away, written by Willie Nelson. That's cool. So I guess yesterday, you guys were able to interview a bunch of folks walking through like a press line? Yeah. Is that right, Morgan? So... Are you just sitting at your computer when this is happening? Yeah, they were all virtual, and they were from the CMA Awards remotes, and we were sitting here in the studio. So all the artists are just going to different cameras and talking to you guys? Yes. Okay, I'm trying to visualize this here. Uh, this is you talking with Carly Pierce. Mm-hmm. You ask her if they consider Luke Combs doing I Hope You're Happy Now with Carly at the CMAs, because he wrote the song. Yes. Okay, here's that clip. 
one of your co-writers on this song was Luke Combs. Did you guys even talk about the idea of Luke Combs doing the duet with you? We did. And I think that just with his scheduling and, and with um, him already performing on the show, I think they were trying to do something a little different. You know, good for her, too, for going, yeah, we did. Yeah. Because she could have easily said, no, we just always felt it was Charles Kelly. But good for Carly for being honest about that. I think Charles Kelly's going to be fine and good. But I mean, to have Luke Combs on that song, <laughs> let's be honest. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, Morgan asks Maren Morris, who's the most famous person's phone number she has in her phone? I feel like I'm name dropping, but that's obviously the It's the a question. question. Um, there, there's yeah. no name dropping. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift. Yeah, okay. <laughs> She's been super, super sweet and supportive of me, and I'm just such a fan of what she does and her platform. So we text sometimes, and uh, she's been so sweet about my my son that was born a few a few months ago, and has just been uh, such a, a sweet friend about me being a new mom. Here's one more question with Morgan and Marin Morris: Where she keeps all the awards in her house? Uh, when my friend and late producer Busby passed away last year, they were clearing out his studio here in Nashville, and his wife, Jess, gave me his piano that we wrote 80s Mercedes on and once, and a lot of my songs were on that piano with him. So that piano is my most prized possession, and it's sitting in my basement, and I have um, a photo of me and Buzz on top of it that my band framed for me, and I have my CMA Awards and Grammy on top of the piano. So um, it's it's kind of a Busby shrine, <laughs> but it's a it's a really special corner of my house. If I can go back to Morgan while she's talking to Carly Pierce... Uh, Lunchbox jumps in in the middle of the interview. And can you play a clip of Next Girl? This is Carly's song. about a dude who yeah. pretty much did her wrong and she knows the story. So Lunchbox asks her, uh, who's that about? Okay, wait, so- wait, hold on, Carly, this is Lunchbox. <laughs> I, I, I'm going rogue here. Is, is that song you said you were, like, is it about anybody in particular, New Girl? Next, Next girl. girl. Next girl. <laughs> oh I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely written about my life. Okay, so we, we're just going to keep it at that. Yeah. All right, I love it. It's a great song. Lunchbox, you're bad. <laughs> Got yeah, one more question here. <laughs> Sorry, I, I felt it. Like I felt his presence. Honestly, I knew it was gonna happen. I saw him in the. I was like, "Here, somebody's gonna do it." Ray, you in there? No, Ray. Ray didn't want to do it. I figured I had to ask. I wanted to because we've had your back this whole time. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted hey, to come in keep there. Keep having my back. I see you. I'm gonna mess up your song title, and I'm gonna <laughs> ask you a question about it. You girl. So, this song you wrote called New Boy. <laughs> what on No, that's not it. Uh, Lunchbox was with Luke Combs for a second. You asked him about Crockgate. Yeah, I want to know what happened with Crockgate. But everybody's fighting over Luke Combs' Crocs here in the studio. I'm absolutely aware. I've heard of I've heard a lot of a lot of murmurs about uh, Crocsgate. Yeah, there. yeah, Crocsgate. You know, Bobby gets yeah. a pair, Amy gets a pair, and the homeless cat in the back, Hillary, got a pair. And Lunchbox <laughs> did not get a pair of Loose Combs Crocs. What's up with that, Luke? I've heard that the problem has been reconciled. So before you ask, you may want to say who got a hold of Crocs and got you some pairs of those. Oh, okay. You may wonder. I do wonder who got a hold of Crocs and got me a pair. Who knows? 
Oh. You never know. <laughs> I'm like country music Santa Claus. Man. Okay, <laughs> I, I, you'll never know. Did you have them? Do you have them mail? Yeah, they came in the mail. You have them? I got them in my house. Are you happy? Do you wear them? I got them last night, so I got to put them on today. First day, I'm going to put them on for the CMAs. You're going to wear them tonight? Absolutely. Oh Stop calling Hillary a homeless cat, <laughs> by the way. I think literally she does more work on the show than most people, like actual work. I know she's not a homeless cat. That's actually pretty rude to say. Apologize. This doesn't apologize. That you was, call uh, her a homeless cat. It's a dis- it's a metaphor. Why can't you just apologize? What's a metaphor? Uh, something. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Oh, it's like where something stands for something. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah so right? a simile is a, a, the same, but a, a metaphor is like her ass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> metaphor. You won't apologize. Yeah, you should apologize. There's to nothing to apologize for. Okay. Like, it's a good metaphor. A simile. homeless cat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is not a good metaphor. Today, November 11th, is Veterans Day, and wanted to acknowledge that. First of all, we've been talking about it all morning, but I have I hopped in, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Vets You Should Know. It's a four-part podcast. I talk with some remarkable vets and learn about their struggles and accomplishments while enlisted, their transition. Vets You Should Know. I hope you check it out. It was such an honor to talk to these four folks, and... I think you'll like it. I think today's a good day to get started, too. Vets, you should know. Raymundo, you lost your wedding ring yesterday? Yeah, for about uh, an hour. And it's only been two weeks since the old wedding itself. (laughs) That's a significant amount of time. I know. Dude, I I was real worried. Hit up Steve, told him to search the entire radio station. He went in the bathroom. I was looking at the condo, but then I eventually found it. Where was it? It was in the middle console on uh, my vehicle. It's got a trap door. It's hidden, and I'd put it there monkeying around with it and completely forgot. Did you tell Bay that you lost it? Or uh, you... She found out, I believe, because I think I showed her that I was going to talk about it on the show. So that's oh, how she found out. Had to hit her with that preemptive strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this is coming. I often have to do that, uh, too. Sometimes I go like, is it cool if I talk about this? <laughs> uh, but you got it. You're good. Oh, good to go. Why are you taking it off? Uh, it's really uncomfortable. I hit it on a lot of things. I, I'm telling you, it's just really not with my my style. I, I'm very handsy, and it doesn't work with me. Not really the best thing to say. Not really. Yeah. But. I'm, very, I'm very handsy. <laughs> um, but you picked this ring, and it's extremely extra, meaning it's covered in diamonds. Maybe it's just the ring I wear out to dinner. Uh, oh, your dinner no, ring. No, that's your wedding ring, dude. Yeah, your dinner ring. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you have a different one for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> He's got... Every meal, he's got a different <laughs> ring he puts on. Uh, so have you ever lost something valuable, like, say, your wedding ring? Because um, Scuba got that text from Ray going, hey, go check it out. Uh, here is Charlie in Austin, Texas, who's called us. Hey, Charlie, what's going on, man? Not much, man. How are you? Doing pretty good. What's happening with you? What do you want to say? Well, two things. Um, Lunchbox looks like a homeless person, so we'll call him Homeless Cat, homeless cat Lunchbox today. For those that don't know what he's talking about, he called Hillary a homeless cat. Lunchbox did, and so yes. now people are sticking up for Hillary. Okay, and? And so I was 16 years old. I went running around with my buddies, and we jumped out of my car and went to go do our stuff. We all went separate ways. I go into my car. I can't get in my car. I don't have my keys. I can't find my keys. I go, I lost my keys. So I end up getting the car jimmied open by you know the lock people, and I still can't find my keys. I get the car rekeyed by how my parents did. I was 16. I didn't know. I get the car back. I'm going through cleaning my car. I open up the ashtray to my car, and my keys are in there. Oh, no. That stinks. Right in your <laughs> ashtray? You didn't, you didn't look in your ashtray? Yeah. And I, did, I didn't smoke. I was, I was a youngster. I didn't smoke. 
and it was me that my buddy stuck it in there. You know, I relate a little bit in the car thing where once I didn't lose anything, but my car was just, it was broken down and it had pizza crap cars for most of my life. The dang thing would not start and I'm sitting outside of a Burger King. It's about one in the morning. It just won't start. So I, I call and I'm like, hey, I call like whoever you call in the middle of the night. Triple mm-hmm. A? Maybe. Okay. I don't even think I knew what that was at the time. <laughs> so I call somebody like a mechanic and it's going to cost a lot of money. And they're like, all right, we'll be right out. Three hours later, they get there. And I've just been sitting on the side of the road, like in the parking lot. And he goes and he gets in the car. And he's like, hey, did you spend much time in here looking around? I was like, why, what do you mean? He goes, well, you're, uh, you're, in, you're in drive and the car shut off. What? And that's why the car won't start because oh you didn't put it in park. And he goes, puts it in park, starts it right up. <laughs> he's like, easy money. <laughs> I felt you, man? so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, thank you very much for that call. Let's see. Over to Leanne in Ohio. Leanne, you're on the show. What's going on? Yes. Hi. Hi. Showtime. Um, my son was eight years old and got the brand new PlayStation handheld game. He wanted to take it with him on an outing with his pap. I said, no, you'll lose it. He said, no, I won't. I promise, I promise, I will not lose this. Every game with it, $500, $600 worth of stuff. He comes home. Two days later, he's like, where's my PlayStation? I said, I don't know. You had it with you. Lost it. Went up, looked in my dad's car, couldn't find it. My dad searched it. A year later, when my dad was trading the car in, the guys cleaning the car out called my dad and said, I found something you might want. It was my son's PlayStation. So whose fault was underneath. that, though? Yeah, whose fault was that? Was it your son's or your his dad? Your his dad's, yeah. It was it was a fluke. It was kind of my dad's, I think, because he pushed everything underneath the seat. Um, we grounded my son for two weeks. Yeah, oh, you gotta blame it on the <laughs> eight son. Eight years later, oh, no. yeah, eight years later, he's still. Yeah, I'm the irresponsible one, huh? <laughs> you grounded him. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> he served he time for a wrong. crime he didn't commit. <laughs> You hate to hear it. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Hope you have a great day. Thank you. You All too. Right. All right. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Winners in two categories have been announced on ABC's Good Morning America. Miranda Lambert won for a music video of the year for Bluebird. Uh, Carly Pierce did win musical event of the year with Lee Bryce. Oh, it stinks Jake didn't win. I thought Jake deserved to win that. That video had more time and effort into it than, oh, yeah. than any other video. You feel like they didn't probably watch the videos. They just voted on <laughs> flipped the, the artist. <laughs> They rolled the dice. Yeah, it stinks. Jake didn't win that. I felt like he he deserved to win that. Uh, political differences. Are they the reason the Florida Georgia line might break up? Oh, okay. I didn't think about them. Now, let me say, this is so rumor-filled, okay. but there is some truth inside of it. I'm going to read you the story, then I'm going to give you my thoughts. All right. Okay, here we go. The story says, is Florida Georgia line on the verge of breaking up? They already had a social media breakup. Tyler Hubbard and his wife Haley unfollowed Brian Kelly and Brittany on Instagram. What? Which, by the way, it may sound trivial, but that's significant to go and follow somebody. Yeah. That means you don't want to see their shiz anywhere. Yeah, you're, you're mad at them. Yeah. For some reason. Somebody picked up on that and news spread like wildfire on the internet. It got back to Tyler. So he tried quiet and he refollowed BK. But it seems like their political differences may have caused it. Again, this is just a story. This is not me talking. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tyler leans left. Brian does not. And Brittany, who is Brian Kelly's wife, BK, 
said, I never considered a difference of opinion of politics and religion and philosophy as a cause for withdrawing from a friend. Okay. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to tell you that they're not going to break up. It's funny because I think at times we should all unfollow situations that don't make us feel good. That doesn't mean we're not going to refollow and get back into it. If they disagree politically, great. They're human beings. They have every right to do that. Sure. And in a very political time when everybody's just spouting off crap they have no idea about, and you want to unfollow somebody, great. Probably not the smartest because people would notice. <laughs> I can't believe people notice. That's crazy. Maybe you mute them. Yeah. <laughs> I have no problem. They're human beings in a relationship. They should fight sometimes or that's not a healthy relationship. If you don't ever have fight with your significant other, and, and they are significant others in Florida Georgia Line, then that's not even a real fulfilling relationship. You should have differences. And it's also okay, and this is where things start to, to annoy the crap out of me, it's also okay that people don't agree politically. And it's also okay to go, I don't agree with you so much right now, I can't take it right now, but we'll be friends again, but I'm going to step away for a second. So everybody needs to CTFO. Hmm. So, so the story's somewhat true as far as this is their beliefs and this yeah, is... Yeah, great. And if they want to follow each other for a while, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. There's that. But as far as them breaking up, that's just all rumored. All rumor. Okay. It ain't happening. I don't know that's not happening, but I'm going to say it ain't happening. <laughs> but it, Eddie, if you were in... I, I blocked Ray. Well, I, like, I'm, I'm, I blocked Ray now. Right. Oh, no. Nice. He's still blocked. So like, Ray is one of the closest folks to me. I blocked him. They couldn't take his crap anymore. But I love him. Everybody needs to chill out. That is funny, though. That was really funny. I would have just muted him. <laughs> or I would have just scrolled past him real quick. And then maybe, just for the drama. Maybe yeah. it was just election time when they were just like, I don't want to see that stuff, so I'm going to block you temporarily. Now that it's over, I'll follow you again because we're still friends and I love you. I eliminated people on Facebook on both sides that wouldn't shut up. Exactly. You don't know what you're talking about. Although I'm going to make a prediction here. I do think we're going to look, what is today, November 11th, 2020. I think if we look back November 11th, 2022, it will be less divisive. I do feel like why, why is that? leadership creates environments. And I think that it, we will have a less, we'll, we'll soon be bored by our president, which is a great way to yeah. be again. Yeah, that is good. Um, remember the old days when you did like, oh, the president's on the news. You have to think twice, like, who's our president? Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. I do think <laughs> there will be less divide. No, I never had to think who was the president. <laughs> just joking. Never. I'm just joking. <laughs> who is it, Ron? What's I am it? predicting a less divisive time two years from now. Okay, that's cool. I like that. And any movement in that direction is good. Yeah. But, uh, Florida Georgia Line, I'm predicting they're not breaking up, too. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take the opposite. I'll take the the not favorite. And it's okay that they fight. Great. Sure, everyone maybe, fights. Maybe we'll get a speaker box love below, which is what Outkast did. They did two records in one. Oh, nice. Where Big Boy did a whole album. Andre 3000 did a whole album, and they put together as Outkast. Maybe we'll get a BK album and a okay. Tyler Hubbard album. Okay, I like that. But which one's Florida and which one's Georgia? Florida is BK. Tyler okay. is Georgia. Okay. I believe. I got to know who my alliance, what state my alliance is. Yeah, yeah, pick pick wisely, my friend. (laughs) All right, that's it. We've talked about enough dumb things today. (laughs) Well, we have actual proof of voter fraud for the first time. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. In the vote for New Zealand's Bird of the Year, the contest organizers caught someone sneaking in 1,500 extra votes for a spotted kiwi. Um, (laughs) I thought you were serious. Come on. This is the only proof there is of any voter fraud right now, so I wanted to share that. Okay, thank you. About 1,500 fraudulent votes have been cast for the Little Spotted Kiwi and Forest and Birds Bird of the Year competition. Hmm. The votes briefly pushed the Kiwi Puku Puku to the top of the preferred bird leaderboard. They have been removed. That's just not fair. 
It is not. <laughs> not fair to the other birds. <laughs> That's true. Uh, here's a voicemail we got for uh, last night. Today is Veterans Day. I wanted to play this for you. Shout out to my father-in-law's 95-year-old World War II vet. He usually speaks at a local high school every year. He usually talks, but because of COVID, he doesn't get to. Kind of let him, kind of a little sad about it. So if you give him a shout out from the greatest radio show in the world, Sam Stevens, uh, Pueblo, Colorado, 40th Infantry Division. Thank you. Well, be happy to do that. We aren't that show, but we're still happy to do that. Uh, Sam Stevens, Pueblo, Colorado, 40th Infantry Division. We aren't the greatest show ever, but we're we're okay. And uh, we'd like to shout you out. Happy Veterans Day. Shout out. Thank you very much. Hope you have a good day. I'm going to rehearsal for tonight, the CMA Awards. I'm, I'm going to be on screen for like 15 seconds. But I have to go to a rehearsal, read my lines, and then go out and then go home and get dressed. So the rehearsal is going to be longer than the actual appearance. I'll the be longer at rehearsal today than I will tonight. Because <laughs> I'm not going to sit in the crowd. They gave us the option if we were part of the show to sit in there and be spread out or not. And I was like, yeah, I'll just go in the back door. Yeah. I'm presenting, I think, single of the year. All right. Um, so, Are you maybe, doing fist for the fans? Yeah, I hope so, if okay. I remember. All right. Sometimes I get up there, and the script's changed, and I usually remember, but if you see me do a fist tonight, and if you see Thomas Rhett do the salute. Yeah, that's for... You know that's for us. Yes. And if yes. he doesn't, I'm never playing a song again. I'm <laughs> oh. sure. All right, that's it. See you guys tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Get your bones on. Bobby Bones Show.